BSing with Sean K podcast. I'm your Sean Niece, and uh, joining me today is my good friend Jonathan Young. Uh, he works at the Art of the Heart, where he teaches uh, spiritual chanting and healing sessions. Yes, I actually just started teaching chanting classes. Um, it's going well. I've only done two so far. I've done, I do also do healings and other such things. And how would you describe these classes? Um, well, first, I, if there's any newcomers, I would give a, uh, a little description of what is chanting, uh, why we do it, what kind of people do it, what does it do for the person, what does it do for the person, and, uh, and then we, we pick a, a particular mantra this week, or t earlier today was, uh, the mantra, Om Mani Padme Hum, which means, uh, hail to the jewel in the lotus, but it, it, it could, you could also translate it to mean hail to the heart of the Buddha, which is within everyone. Chanted that, and I gave a talk about it. And we 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 gave a chant. We did. We chanted it together in in unison, all as one, for thirty minutes, and then we like laid down and absorbed the vibrations for like ten minutes. It was very wonderful, very energizing, calming, and blissful. You should come sometime if you can. And I'm gonna uh, have it on yeah. a regular basis every Wednesday at six at the Yard of the Heart. And uh, what, what does uh, so what have been like? What's been like the feedback from people? Like, Everyone's liked it so far. Um, the first class ever, it was like a sample class. It was at the fifth year anniversary at the Art of the Heart, and I gave a 45-minute lecture on chanting. And they, people said I did a really good job. They could tell I was nervous, but they t t said I did a great job. The information was clear and lucid and useful and practical. And and, um, and uh, But this time, I didn't feel that nervous at all. I felt a little bit nervous. But I, it was it was easy. It was simple, and it was cool because some old friends who I didn't expect to show up showed up, and some people I didn't even know showed up, which was pretty cool. And, mm -hmm. and how did you first start teaching these classes? Like, how did you get this? Well, chanting is my passion. I've been chanting uh, basically every day for the last four years. Actually, I've been chanting for five years, but for the first year it was on and off. Um, yeah, and then after mid-2010, it, it's been basically every single day. Um, I had had some periods where I would switch my mantra but uh, that I would focus on, but I would be chanting every single day in one way or another. And it's, I love it because it's, uh, I'll say what I said in class, it's every religion uses it. Christianity uses it. They chant the Hail Mary or Jesus have mercy or Jesus have mercy or the Our Father. In Islam, they chant Allahu Akbar or other chants. In Judaism, they have many chants. Uh, Baruch, Adonai, Elohim, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the exact words. Don't yell at me. I'm not Jewish. And, uh, but there's, it, there's also, there's also many chants in Buddhism and Hinduism. There's chants in Taoism and Sikhism and, most most in the mainstream religions, there's chants in the African religions. There's chanting, and the purpose of it is to um, experience uh, the divine, um, to invoke it, to feel its presence all around you and within you. But when I say the divine, I don't mean some entity outside of us, outside of the physical universe, dictating what it wants from us. Telling us, oh, I demand this and I demand that, and if you don't give it to me, I will punish you. I don't believe in that at all. 
I feel that the entire universe is the divine, that, that the divine is all that exists, that the trees are divine, and the sky, and the moon, and you and me, and when we go within ourselves and really look at who we really are, we'll find an, a place of infinite peace and calmness and, and contentedness, just our own being. And when you say those mantras, when you say those in your 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 those mantras, you're in, invoking these healing, sweet vibrations, uh, personifications of the universe, personifications of the divine. You know, because God is everything that exists. God is not a person, but people want to give God a name. Some Christians call it Christ or Jehovah. Jewish people call it also Jehovah or other names. Muslims, Allah, uh, Buddhists, Buddha, or Buddha nature, um, uh, Hindus, Krishna, Shiva, Ganesh, whatever, the Taoists, da the Tao, you know, there's many names, but even in the Tao Te Ching, and I know you personally like that book a lot, in the first verse it says, the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao, and in Hinduism they say, you know, all names, the, the truth is one, but the names are many. And the forms are many. So it's like when you're saying when you're when you're saying that mantra, you're clearing your mind. You're you're focusing on the mantra. You're allowing your attention to rest gently upon the sound or the vibration of the mantra, and uh, it clears just the energy of the mantra itself. It clears the mind. It energizes you. It centers you, and it will just help you to feel more present, more calm. And you just say it over and over again. It could be any word, any phrase. It doesn't have to be a religious word. It could be the word peace or joy. You just say yeah, peace. I was actually going to ask, like, could, uh, could this, like, uh, the divine you talk about or uh, God, could it also just be, like, uh, like happy? another word for, like, happiness or peace? Yes. Or... yes. I, you know, the, the word God is a dirty word. A four-letter word, as someone, uh, someone once said. It's a four-letter word because it's been redefined by these religions who use it to control the masses through guilt and fear saying you're separate from the divine but you can be one with the divine again if you join our organization or if you believe the right dogmas or you you become a part of the correct church or if you pay the church money or you or you you know if you pray five times a day or if you tip all the teachings of the buddha you know they're saying you know but really the universe all paths lead to the divine within ourselves. We cannot escape the divine. The divine is the un not, not the unattainable, but the unavoidable, because it's our true self. It's who we are. We are the divine. This is what I feel in my bones. This is what I feel in my heart. And I just want to share my truth with everyone I meet. And I don't expect other people to believe what I believe. I want to inspire people to find joy and calmness within themselves. But I would say take what resonates and leave the rest. Don't uh, don't believe me just because I'm saying it. You know, follow your inner voice. Follow that intuition that tells you, that guides you to when you know something is right for you. Yeah. So like, well, and also like the word uh, God can kind of be limited to like something uh, supernatural or whatever. Well, like in the da like if you like in uh, the Tao Te Ching, it's more of like an approach to life or yeah. even a philosophy than an actual religion. It's like a way to um. Because like, to me, like, I didn't interpret 
the data, like some like kind of like being or like entity. It's just kind of like everything. Even if you want to call it like part, of whatever it is, like just like everything. It's that's, like this energy that is literally everything. It's like this energy, yeah. and that's what I call God because it's it's just one of the words I like, but I also like the word consciousness or life force or or being. You can use any word. It doesn't matter what word you call it. But I want to make sure that people know that what I'm referring to is not some higher separate entity who has any sort of agenda, but it's it's everything that exists. It's the whole. It's the all. It's it's all beautiful. It's all divine. It's all perfect. You, me, not perfect. You know what I mean? It's it's all it's all it all has. There's an inner seed of beauty of infinitude of limitlessness of power of you know within everything within you and me it's like it's like i feel it now it's the energy that animates my body that's inspiring my thoughts right now that's that's it's it is everything it's the walls and it's you you stroking your beard and it's it's, it's uh this e-cig this vaporizer it's everything and it doesn't have any requirements of us if, if Anyone, you know, when people go into religions and they say, oh, I pray because it gives me happiness, it gives me peace. Well, that's because you're accessing that that sacred place within yourself. That is pure happiness. It is pure peace. It's not happening to you because you were granted grace because of your good works. But you're just simply getting out of your head for a second and you're feeling the peace that's already within you. But you're projecting it onto a being outside of you. But it's within you. Come to like these beliefs. Like, how did your beliefs develop, like, over the years? Okay. Um, well, I've been raised in a strong fundamentalist upbringing, and uh, so I had always been very exposed to some form of spirituality, and uh, I just had, you know, things started. I'd I'd always questioned it growing up, and I wanted to get away but I didn't know how because it was my lifestyle all my friends were part of that all my family aunts uncles cousins sister parents were a part of that um it was my lifestyle like all my you know so I had trouble breaking away at one point it was very difficult it was like a divorce when I left and I just left everything and it was but when but I left because I knew in my heart that what they were teaching me was wrong that that I that I will, they were teaching that anyone who doesn't accept their dogmas is true, their beliefs, their doctrines, they're going to hell, even if they're kind, sincere, good, loving people, just because they're not a part of the right belief system or organization. And it's, they would say probably more because they didn't believe the right things. Um, but, you know, I knew in my heart that this was not true, that, that I couldn't believe it. I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Why would, why would, uh, why would one lifetime of potential sin be worth being tortured forever and ever and ever without stop ever? It doesn't make any sense. Why would a, how could a loving God who says he loves you unconditionally tell you, you know, you have to, you can do whatever you want, but if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to torture you forever. It's not love. That's not. 
it's not freedom. You know, freedom is the freedom to create your life the way you want it to be, to create yourself the way you want you to be, to to attract what you want to have, to do what you want to do, to be what you want to be. And that may nothing be that that could be anything. It could be anything. It could just be a, a kind deli worker, or it could be a media mogul, or it could be a spiritual teacher, or it could be a railroad worker. Anything. Or just a family man. You know, a comedian. You know, there's no there's no rules about life. There's no one way to live your life. I will say I believe in karma in the sense that the energy you put out you get back. I don't I'm not talking about past lives. I'm talking about if you're putting out unselfish, good, uh, loving, um, friendly, um, kind vibrations, you're going to get those back. And if you, but if you're putting out selfishness and self-centeredness and anger and, and carelessness in one way or another, you're going to get that back. It's, and the the only way you see uh uh, you see, I, I kind of like the idea. Like you, you give what you, you, what you give is what you get. Like you do yeah. good things, they come back to you. You do bad, others it comes back to you. Uh, yeah. What I don't like is like the whole. I think what you were saying, kind of like how it's interpreted the other way. Like it justifies these people are poor because of their common. These yes. people are. These people are in this situation because they chose. You know. <laughs> that that rigid belief is it's it's a lack of responsibility because we humans have created everything we have on this planet. We, we have created collectively the circumstances on this planet. It's not that, oh, people across the world, they were born into bad circumstances. I'm not responsible. It's not my problem. We're all responsible, and that's because we're all one. We're all one global family, and we need to care for all of each other. We keep getting stuck in these arguments about who's right and who's wrong, whose religion is the one true religion, whose land is this. You know, in my experience, it's the one true religion it's the religion that affirms, affirms that all religions are the one true religion. <laughs> and in my, it's my experience that the, this land that I'm on, it's not anybody's. Yeah, my father bought it, but he doesn't own the earth. He doesn't own, he doesn't, he didn't, my father's passed away, but he didn't, he doesn't, it's, it's not really, the earth is not anybody's. We belong to the earth, not the other way around. around. We need to take care of the earth because... The earth has given us everything we need. And not only, you know, we need to, going back to what you were saying about karma, saying, oh, it's just their karma. They were bad in a past life, so they deserve what they did in this life. That's, a, that's just a form of apathy. And it's, it's just being irresponsible, saying, oh, I don't have to get involved. It's not my karma. Well, and it's, and it's kind of like the same thing, uh, you know, with uh, like fundamentalist Christianity or uh, Judaism or you know, Islam or something like that, like, yeah. uh, that, uh, if you, if you do these things wrong, you're going to be punished and burned in hell for eternity. Only like with karma, it's like you do this, you're going to be reincarnated as someone in poverty or as a bug. Or yes. It's the, it's the same, it's the same fear-based mentality. Well, I don't believe that spirituality, genuine spirituality was, which is really about living in the now, not about getting someplace other than now getting somewhere better, but having gratitude for what you have right now. There are children born in Africa without any food, without any food, without any shelter, you know, and and they may, some of them live a few years only, not even. And the ones who learn to talk, I've, I've heard 
I haven't seen it firsthand because I've never been to Africa, but I've heard people say that, you know, they just tell their mother as they're dying, you know, I was just grateful for the time I got to be alive. And then they died. They were just grateful to be alive. They were in the now because they didn't have anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess sometimes when you're forced to deal with less, I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. People, but, uh, people, but going to my point, you know, before, it's like the purpose of spirituality is not to get to some other place in the future by believing the right, like, like a heavenly <laughs> realm, by absorbing, uh, believing the right correct doctrines or doing the right rituals or saying the right prayers in order to get, but it's to bring heaven down to earth here and now to help, to help, to, to, to see everyone as if they were a divine being in so you see, you see heaven is like uh here and now like like a, like a zen like a, like sort of similar to like with a, like zen or something like that like a state of mind yes. that people get a, a to, state like, of consciousness and it's yeah. it's just if could people could just live in oneness with life and with each other people embodied that state of oneness if that was their natural state which it really is they just can't remember but if they lived in that place if everyone lived in that place if everyone and then treating others like you want to, then treating others like you want to be treated, which is the mandate of every single religion. You wouldn't have to try to make it happen; it would come naturally. And and the thing is, you know, we we have the resources to make this world a heavenly realm, so to speak. We have enough resources and wealth to make sure that everyone has meals to eat and a place to live and warm clothes, warm. Warm shelter. Well, we have, think, we have enough resources on this be... planet to make sure everyone lives in dignity, you know. But we haven't made any decision collectively to share. And I think this is what my mission is to help inspire people to make that decision and to, because I feel within my lifetime that there will be a uh, time, something that happens that will affect every single per person on the globe. And I feel like that we're going to have to make a decision. And I think this is it. Can we share? Can we live in unity? Can we live in unity? Or will we continue to kill each other over who's right and who's wrong? Who has the correct holy book? Who has the Whose land is who? But it's just, these are arbitrary ideas that we really just made up. <laughs> you know, and I, just, I want to inspire people to see that what we need both externally and internally, is all around us and within us. Externally meaning we have the resources to live a good, happy life. And internally, just the knowing that deep in our own being is peace and fulfillment. People go outside of themselves to seek for fulfillment. Take And they, they use all their energy to make their circumstances better. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they use all their energy. They put all their self into making their situations uh, better, changing them, what they think will happen in the future. But really, fulfillment is within us. It's found in the now. And it's just allowing uh, allowing this moment to be as it is. I hope I'm making sense to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, I think, like, uh, I mean, I know that, I know, I know, like, there's nothing wrong, but in a way, I kind of think the what, what uh, part of what is wrong with society is people are too out for themselves and like too out for just like 
being like, uh, I, I guess like making like they think that all life is. A lot of people seem to think like all life is about just making like billions and billions of dollars. So like, I, I don't know, hoarding money like for themselves. Hoarding, like hoarding money for themselves. Hoarding yeah, money and resources like and power for themselves and themselves only. Yeah. Yeah. And like to me, like and like anybody who doesn't like make a lot of money is necessarily seen as something like, like a failure or something. But like there's to me like the and people like there's other ways you can contribute to society. And like there's other I don't know. It's like if people were more focused on like uh, bettering the community and like helping helping people and. Uh, rather than just, yes. you know, like, I, I want to get on top of everybody else. Yes. Just, you know, yes. it's like, because you look at, like, uh, even like uh, like Thoreau, he wasn't, like, he, he's someone who had a lot of great ideas and everything, a very smart guy, but he enjoyed, like, the simple, like, how is, he wasn't rich, but, like, he was, he was still successful in a sense. Like, he still, like, he got his ideas out. He, he found joy in, like, the simple life, like the... Uh, yes. And like then there's te there's teachers you know that, that don't make a lot of money they do a lot for the community yes. there's uh, you know, firefighters uh, police officers not the, the good police officers not the the <laughs> bad ones who beat the shit out of kids or whatever or but, uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that, that happened a couple times and happens a lot of times <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there was there was that big case recently I know it turned into a but uh no I know what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of being happy with what you have and yeah. also, having, like also, also having the assertiveness, the power, the confidence in yourself to make your dreams come true, to live a better life, and to be kind to others. And to – these are all very simple things. You know? yeah. And all the religions talk about them, love, compassion, serenity, being present – you know, kindness, um, hard work, you know, it's, this is very basic, but people get so caught up in like dogmas and they get to, they separate themselves and make themselves better than others, not just through religion, but through what, what you're saying. People try to get on top of wall street, make as money, make as much money yeah. as they can. And they just, at, at the expense of other people, well, you can make yourself. You can be as rich as you want in that, but that's not going to fulfill you. That make you mean. It might make you feel better than other people, but that's not real fulfillment. Fulfillment is. But, but it's, yeah, and it's kind of empty, and it's and it's a false fulfillment. It's a, it's only a fulfillment based on our society and what our society like views as successful, like having the better car, having the better house, having the you know. But really, success is doing something that is to you and it's true to you yes exactly. you know exactly. yeah if we do get like to a higher evolved state of uh, like humanity that's more peaceful and more uh, like what I, like everything like that like I think we would probably a lot of those values would shift to more of like a sharing community kind of like I, I don't know if I don't know if like uh, I don't exactly like communism or whatever but like I don't know just like a more like I think people would 
I don't think in any of the systems we have in place now, whether they be capitalist or socialist, I don't think we've found the right answers yet. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, if we went in that state of mind, we probably would shift towards something like that, like a more sharing community, a more yes. kind of like everybody's Making basic sure. needs met. Yes, exactly. So then everybody can realize their true selves. Like, see, people seem to have this idea of, like, if people have their basic needs set, and they're not going to aspire to anything. But I think that's kind of the ethic. It's like if you don't have your basic needs met, how are you going to aspire to anything else? You're just going to be, you know, trying to survive or whatever. Yes. Like, I don't know. Yes, I really think we need a shift in our thinking, in our perception. That's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In our perception. We need a shift of perception. Yeah. You know, because even people who do have all their needs and needs met by the government, and but they just yeah. sit up, they just sit at home all day and smoke pot all day or drink all day. You know, they live off the government. They often are like that, addicted or not, not ambitious, because they don't have faith in themselves. You know, people. It's my. I have. I have had an addictive personality, and people who have addictive personalities who let themselves become addicted to certain things, um, they do so because they feel things more intensely. And they want to block out the feelings. They want to numb themselves because they're more sensitive. And this, and people who are more sensitive often have have had, in my experience, this is me speaking about myself, have had high ideals, but they don't have the faith in themselves to actualize those ideals. But if their needs were met and they did have the freedom to just be, you know, I feel that with this shift that we could have in our lifetime, they would they would be able to see, oh, I can have what I want. I can be the person I want to be, whatever that is. Yeah, and then, but then sometimes, since there's those people, like, who, who just, like, sit and do nothing when they get money from the government, then they think, oh, that's what all people who do that do. And then That's not even like, true. Yeah, because some, some people like, do that. But there's, not, there's people, then, yeah, but then there's people who need it, and they do work, but, like... Yes. Same yeah. Thing. Like for me, I'm willing. Like I'm, I'm willing to pay the price of there being a few lazy people, you know, abusing the system to have people's, you know, uh, have people that really need those to, to help them have the same chance. I understand. Yeah? I understand. Because at the same time, like it's not much different than you know someone from a, a rich area that becomes a drug addict and just lives off their parents. You know? Yes. And they're living in much more luxury than someone, you know, on welfare, you know? Yes. So. <laughs> I understand completely. It's not about the, the situation that causes the person's behavior, but the person themselves, you know, their their, their, their view of themselves. Yeah. People who have high self-esteem, who were raised with lots of love, often become successful socially, business-wise, you know, in lots of ways. And people who don't have low self-esteem, even if they were born into the richest family they may like you said they could easily become a drug addict to just live off their parents money and just be a louse <laughs> or a, 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 a freeloader i should use to say and uh so since we're talking about like uh uh you were talking a bit about depression or like shift in the kind of I, I, robin williams recently killed himself uh, yes so what's your view of like depression like people like him who even you know despite you know being successful and having being loved by you know a lot of people for you know the stuff he did 
having that kind of depression. What's my view on it? I, I mean, I mean, I think there's a cure for not a cure, a way out of depression, and that is self-realization. And it's funny because that's not even really. That's a change in the brain when I say self-realization, a shift in consciousness. But for someone like, like Robin Williams, I, I, you know, I never knew, knew him personally, and I watched his movies and I thought he was funny and awesome. But and maybe he did become the person who he wanted to be, and a funny, inspirational, popular, famous actor, you know, who make lots of money doing what he what he loves. But you know, at the same time, depression. I think there is something wrong with the brain when a person is depressed. It's, it, it can be, I don't know if there's, some people say it doesn't exist objectively in the sense that you can't take a blood test and say, oh, this person is depressed. The evidence is circumstantial. And that doesn't mean there's not a problem in the brain there or a groove that a person has gotten himself into unconsciously, unconsciously, not that he had any control over it. Uh, uh, you know, there's really, I don't know what the solution is to that. My, I have a friend, I'm not going to say his name, he struggles with depression, and uh, but he's a very spiritual person, and he takes hope in Eckhart Tolle's story, because I love Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle was clinically, horribly, suicidally depressed, but out of nowhere, he had a shift in consciousness where his old way of looking at himself and the world was completely obliterated, and he just was completely, fully at peace, one with the present moment. And I think that can happen. And I think maybe that is the only solution for some people. And, well, in an ultimate sense, I feel like we're all bound to get there one way or another, consciously or unconsciously. But that's a whole other ballgame I could get into. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a hard question. It's a, it's a, there's no really one clear-cut answer, you know. There's really, I mean, Robin Williams, he, he seemed happy, at least in his interviews, you know. I, I, like I said, I never knew him, never met him. Actually, this, I just, I actually wrote him a letter when I was a kid. And uh, he actually he, uh, sent me a picture of himself signed with an autograph on it. I think I still have it in my room somewhere. I was, I was a big fan of his work. And it is very sad that he's gone. But at the same time... I, I, I just hope he's free from his suffering. He's free from the craziness of the mind, because that's what depression is. It's it's a form of just the mind's craziness. What's your opinion on like different religions of the world, and how do you think like they relate to each other? I think uh, what religion actually means, true religion, if you dissect the word itself, it means to come together. You have re which is like to come, and the religion, or legion, from the Latin, uh, legion, uh, like a group, together. So to come together is what religion means. But most religions on this planet do not follow that idea in any way. As a matter of fact, they make many, most religions make themselves better than other religions, makes themselves, the members of a lot of mainstream religions make themselves better than anyone outside of their religion. Even, you know, and they, some take it to really extreme, violent extremes. Some people just take it, you know, really, you know, I think I, I think there's, there's craziness and insanity 
in every religion, but I also feel that there's truth in every religion, and I feel at the core of all religion, it's the same in the sense that all the virtues that religion condones, like I said before, love, compassion, oneness, peace, serenity, surrender, faith, goodness, kindness, you know, those are all in those religions. And you, But you don't need a religion to be any of, have any of those qualities. But I feel that, you know, if we could get back to the heart of the religions, what the people really taught, it was about love and oneness. That's my deepest feeling. And, you know, people will vehemently disagree with me. And I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care. And I would like to see the emergence of a global spirituality that transcends the dogmas and barriers of religion where people can see, where people can just live in oneness and live their lives and be good, good kind people and change the world for the better just by living their lives and following their passions, you know, and uh, peace really is available to every single human being, I will say that, because it's real peace, genuine peace is not dependent upon the circumstances of our life, but is our true nature. Our true nature is peace, our true nature is goodness, our true, Buddha called it the Buddha nature. You know, God, Christ said the kingdom of God is within us. You know, Krishna says, you know, I am inside of you. In the Bhagavad Gita, I am your true self. In, 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 in other words, the source of all peace, the source of all joy. It's our, it's one with who we are. It's our very being. It's our very uh, consciousness. And I really feel that's the essence of all religion, to go back to that consciousness from where we come. And that's just a way of putting it. We don't really come so from it. Said, we are it. But it's... So this... It's, it's, so, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's what I want to do is inspire people to find peace within themselves outside, no, no matter what circumstance they're going through, even in their, if they're in the most hellish circumstances, you know, you can keep a calm equilibrium, a sense of contentedness and wholeness. And that doesn't mean you won't work to change things, but that doesn't mean you have to lose your center either. So uh, this shift, what's, what, what about someone who's like totally, um, totally uh, doesn't believe like in any religion or any supernatural kind of thing? Could they be part of like a shift? Or... Yes. You don't need to believe in any god or entity or being. But that doesn't mean that this universe is random and, and cold. You know, it's a matter of looking within yourself and finding the answers to your questions within yourself, not in an institution, not in the words of a book, not in the words of a particular teacher or priest or imam or pope or guru, but within yourself. You know, and if it's not a matter of believing in anything, but just having a feeling of oneness, it's a an gratitude, attitude. an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. An attitude of just like appreciation and, you know, people want to throw out God because of so many bad experiences that the ideas around God have caused. Like they've, they've caused so many problems in this world. And I don't have a problem with anyone who doesn't want to associate with any spirituality or religion. I do want to say that I do feel that... 
I'm not an atheist, but I'm not really a, uh, a theist in the classic sense either. I'm just alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm just alive and I can feel it. That's what it is. I can feel my, my aliveness, my life force, my beingness. And it's, it's wonderful. So you think, could someone be like a total believer, like in, in science and feel like this piece, I guess? But like, yes, uh... yes. Um, there's, in the book A New Earth, Eckhart Tolle, when he was young, he went to Cambridge, and he actually ran into, and this was in the 70s, he actually ran into Stephen Hawkins. And you know, he's a blatant atheist, as far as I, <laughs> as far as I know. But he said, you know, he was watching him from afar, um, they, all the students, at that time, he could still talk a little. He was, he could make croaking noises out of his mouth. You know, he has Lou Gehrig's. Um, and he, uh, people, he had his students um, pour food into his mouth, and a lot of times it would fall out. And, like, he was so, you know, disabled, and that's a really mild word. Um, but he's, you know, but... You know, but when Eckhart Tolle, he looked into his eyes and he saw that his eyes were clear. Eckhart Tolle says in the book, and this is on page 212 of A New Earth, I knew immediately that he, Stephen Hawkins, had re relinquished resistance. He was living in surrender. A number of years later, when buying a newspaper at a kiosk, I, I was amazed to see him on the front page of a popular international news magazine because he, Stephen Hawking was, an, was an, a professor at Cambridge back when Eckhart Tolle was a student. And then Eckhart Tolle continues, not only was he still alive, but he had the, been, then become the world's most famous theoretical physicist. There was a beautiful line in the article that confirmed what I had sensed when I had looked into his eyes many years earlier. This is, uh, he says, commenting upon his life, he said, now with the help of the voice synthesizer, Stephen Hawking says, who could have wished for more? In other words, he's just happy to be alive. You know, and that's really the essence of my message, just finding inner joy and appreciation for what you do have. Stephen Hawkins, he, he's the most limited physical, he's like so limited by his physicalness, you know, he can't move. All he can do is move his finger and he talks out of an electronic voice box or voice synthesizer. So you said you, you've often said you're drawn to the Lord uh, Krishna. Yes. Uh, what can you say about this connection and how to develop I was just a very strong attraction since I was eight. I remember reading a book on other religions when I was eight years old. I remember seeing the words Krishna, Krishna in uh, in one of the books. And I was just, I didn't even see the picture, but I was looking at the name. I remember just feeling this energy like coming into me, like this resonant, this resonating energy. And I didn't know why it was happening. And then years later in high school, it was actually so strange. I don't think I knew anything about I don't think I knew much about Hinduism, but I kept having little visions in my head of this Hindu god, this blue guy with a flute and like an orange pants and he has a shirt off and he's like young looking and he's all happy and joyful. I remember having this, uh, well, in college I had been doing some stupid things, I did some drugs. I remember having this vision of a forest on fire and all these cows running out of the forest, like a herd of herds and herds of cows running out of this burning forest and over the over the tops of the trees there is this blue spirit hovering over it or flying over the trees with the running uh, herds of cows out of the burning um, forest 
and it's, it, I didn't even know about Krishna really. I didn't even know anything about him except I saw his face. And but he, but it's funny because one of the stories is that he uh, he set a forest on fire to defeat this evil demon, I think, and uh, he he rushed all the cows out, and he was blue. So my vision corresponded exactly with the story, and I want to say that. I was even attracted. I wanted to try chanting, and uh, at that time, and uh, this was a couple years later. And uh, my, uh, I remember being feeling very attracted to the god Krishna. And I found a website with uh, uh, a list of mantras, and I picked one that had to do with Krishna. And I started saying it. After a while, I stopped because I was confused. And then I went to another website with a random mantra generator. You click an icon on the page, and it will give you a random mantra out of a list of several hundred, hundred I believe. And it gave me the same one I had been saying before. And then I went to see Ama, and you've seen Ama, and you, you know how it is. You get, you get the opportunity to receive a mantra. Well, she gave me the same one I had been, I got from the two different websites at different times. It was like crazy coincidence, and it was just very, uh, and I. I I just I find him very sublimely adorable, and I don't mean in a cute sexual or romantic way. I mean like I adore him. It's very like I just love him with my heart, and th that's just my path. That's just my my path. I don't expect anybody else to worship him or anything like that. Um, people do worship him. People, some people make whole religions about him. Look at the Hare Krishna religion. It's all focused on that Hindu god. They see him as god, but in, but that's not what I believe. Uh, but um, I find him very just I just love his energy so much and I don't even know why I, you know I don't have a reason I don't have a logical reason as to why I love him so much like it's just like a, this feeling of deep attraction and the more I learn about him I can come up with reasons to say why but that I don't really need those it's just like a like a relationship like a love relationship you just fall in love with someone and you don't even you can't explain the feelings. You can only feel the feelings. And uh, what do you think happens to you when you die? That's a big question. I like the uh, theory of rebirth, not in the classic Hindu way where it says, um, you know, if you're good, you become a king. If you're bad, you become a bug or a, or a jackal or something. Um, or you're, you know, I don't necessarily believe in that, but I do think that when we die, our spirits can either go to other dimensions, or we can um, come back as another form. But we choose, we choose what form we come back as, what we want to be, what what do we want to experience, what do we want to learn in order for our soul to grow and become, um, into into grow more into its own divine nature, into realizing it more what circumstance do i feel as a soul would be best for me in order to learn those lessons so i can become enlightened um and at the same time i, I feel that in one way everyone's belief is valid that what you believe about the afterlife most likely is going to happen to you but that doesn't mean it's absolutely and objectively true for everyone else because i think we live in a universe of infinite possibilities and even infinite dimensions and I don't, to be honest, I'm not really concerned with the afterlife all that much. I'm really not concerned with it. I do have a feeling 
that when I die, I'll lose all individuality and become one with everything. But that's my belief, that's my feeling. And I, I like that idea. But at the same time, like I said, I'm not really concerned. Because reality is here and now. Reality, heaven, the divine is here and now. We, it's all within us, around us. It's everything. And you can experience it and feel it when you're in the now. And it's not like there's you and then there's the experience of it. It's like you are being it. That's the experience. You being divine. You being life. You being this universal energy, but consciously. And uh, so you've often talked about being an indigo child. What does that mean? In what ways do you feel you are one? Indigo children are often uh, labeled as having ADD. They're often uh, very... Uh, they sense a deep sense of wrongness with the world, a deep sense of insanity. Like, like they're seeing things that they that they're feeling that no one else is, not many other people are seeing that the world is insane, and that the way we run things through all these different systems, uh, educational, religious, political, economic, med medicinal, medical, etc., etc., they're failing, and more and more people are waking up to that. But indigos are people who are born with that knowing and who have come with a mission to bring that change, to make, make the people aware of the, that, those realities, those failing realities, those failing systems that we've been dependent on for so long. And we're not better than anyone. There are people born with artistic abilities. There are people born with musical abilities. There are people born with... Uh, indigos are people born with a... You know, spiritual predispositions, like many people are born with all types of predispositions, and that doesn't make them better or more evolved or anything. It just, this is what they're attracted to, this is what they're passionate about, this is what they're really into. You can see that I'm really passionate about my spirituality, and I'm only 26. And, you know, I actually don't fit in with most of my peers. You know, they, they're all concerned about the latest movie or the latest fashion trend or the latest, you know... <laughs> Kim Kardashian, or I don't know. There's some deep ones. There are many. There are many deep ones, but I'd say the majority of people my age, meaning over 50% of people my age, um, they're not really interested in what the things I have to say, and that's okay. More and more are becoming interested. More and more are waking up and opening up, opening up more than any other time before in history. But it's not even just people my age. It's people, old people, middle-aged people. You know, people are in their own world. People are in their own... People are lost in the dream of this world. And that's, you know, there's no condemnation here. There's no superiority in me. So I'm, not, well, I'm not trying... I'm not trying to make myself superior is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make myself better. I don't feel that I am better. But I do want to help people to see that there is... A higher way to do things, a clearer way, a calmer way, a simpler way, and that's just by finding your true identity within yourself and seeing it, seeing that it is one with life and one with this present moment. And these are just words, you know. If you don't understand, if you've never experienced what it is I'm talking about, you may not understand. You know, it's it's just a matter of the heart, honoring your own truth. But many people believe what their societies have told them. They believe what their priests, their politicians, their parents, their teachers have told them. This is the way things are. This is the way you need to do things. 
No, you can do that. You can create your own reality if you wish. You can create your own person. You can create your own circumstances. You can. And it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. You could just be like helping people, like you were saying. Or it could be something dramatic. It's what resonates. And uh, so what's, what's your opinion on like uh, religions like Levain, Satanism, or the Wiccan religion that are often looked down? Well, Wicca, uh, Wicca and Levain Satanism are completely different. I feel that it is ignorant to equate them. And it is, it, I feel any Wiccan, if you talk to any Wiccan, they'll be very offended if you say, oh, you're a Satanist. That's just blatantly ignorant. That's what uh, the Christian West wants you to think. Because uh, Wicca is one of the religions expressly forbidden in the Bible, but you know they, the Bible also forbids any other. It doesn't tolerate any other belief other than the belief it is spouting. In you know, not not the Bible, but the people who say they believe in the Bible, and it's uh, um, living Satanism itself. I, I I can appreciate the idea that you are your own god. At the same time, I do feel it's promoting selfishness and anger and revenge. And these things, I'm not saying they're evil in and of themselves. There's a time to be selfish. There's a time to take vengeance. There, there can be. There can be a time to, you know. But to live by that philosophy is just uh, it's just bad energy. It's just, I don't really believe in any kind of Satan figure. But to, to call your religion Satanism and say, oh, we don't believe in God, but we're naming, but we're worshiping, but we're naming our religion after the arch enemy of something we believe doesn't exist. See, in, 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 in one way, they're affirming their the mythology that they say they're against, just by... Uh, yeah, even though the... Uh, you know what I mean? Even though the Levites say they, uh, they don't believe in God or Satan. Yeah, but then why do they call it Satanism? It's yeah. stupid. This, the yeah. word Satan means adversary. I think it's only like, like theistic Satanists actually worship Satan, right? The, and those people are clinically insane, I believe. The real genuine ones who believe they're worshiping the fallen angel Lucifer, who was once an angel who became Satan. That you have to be clinically insane. You have to be clinically imbalanced. Imbalanced. Why would you say, you know, I believe in this Satan figure who, who uh, is the arch enemy? Arch, arch enemy. I worship this being who is the arch enemy of something I don't believe in. It, it, you, it's, it's illogical. You, I, it is my belief that you have to be clinically imbalanced to literally worship uh, that that idea. That you know, you know what I mean. Satan. You know, I don't, and I don't believe in any one source of evil. I don't believe that there's some exterior being external for the negative circumstances of our life. I think we're creating our circumstances through our collective consciousness. And there are some things that are out of control, like storms and weather and natural disasters. But as far as human behavior is concerned, we're responsible for our actions and our thoughts and our words, not some other being. Not it's not. We don't need... Most humans don't need any Satan's help. <laughs> They're already just selfish. Yeah. They don't need... You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, I would say so what, what were you say? I would say there's nothing intrinsically wrong with being self-centered in the sense that you are at the center of your experience it is you who is looking out of your eyes it is you who are in your shoes you know you are at the center of all your experience your own self is the center of 
every thought. You are the you are the center of every thought, every perception, every feeling. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way nature is. But when you define, but the, the problem comes in when you define your sense of self, when you define yourself in, in such a limited fashion. I am just this body. I am just my history. I am just, I, I just identify with the people I know personally, my family. Well, you can live in a state of oneness where you see everything as yourself. And if you lived that way, you know, you would treat everyone you meet with kindness and love naturally because they're yourself. <laughs> and what's your opinion on things like animal rights uh, or like veganism or vegetarianism? Do I'm you not, think if there, if there was a shift in consciousness, people would eventually move towards a society where we no longer harm animals in any way? Um, it's possible. I, want to, I have a, an opinion on that. I, I want to say, um, you know, other animals eat other animals. And I am an animal. Why shouldn't I eat other animals? I'm not intrinsically against killing animals for food, but the way we treat them before we kill them and as we're killing them in our societies is absolutely horrible. And I'd say wrong. We torture them. We it just It's just wrong the way we treat them. And I still have yet to make a decision what, I, what I'm going to do with that knowledge. I still eat meat and I... I, I don't know, I guess, I'm not sure about that, you know, I don't, because other animals eat, eat other animals, and coming from a spiritual perspective, the life inside the animal, anything that lives, doesn't really die, it just changes form, and you don't, so you're not really killing anything if you don't, if you're coming at it from a spiritual perspective, if you're saying you should be a vegan because you don't want to hurt the animals because of the way they're treated when they are harvested for food, that's one thing. But saying that no one should ever eat any other animal ever, what grounds do you have for saying that? Why? Why can't I kill another animal if I'm hungry? You know, Other animals eat other animals. I'm an animal. Why shouldn't I eat other animals? And I'm, that doesn't mean I'm going to torture them. I don't know. It's, it, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. And I am still learning about what I believe. So I, I don't have all the answers. So, uh, all right, I got like two more. Okay, so, uh, cool. about, uh, what about, about extraterrestrials? Do you have an opinion on that or? I think they exist. I'm pretty sure they exist. Um, I mean, I've seen Krishna with my eyes in my bedroom. What, what, what would you call him? You know, he's a Hindu god, but maybe I'm, maybe he's a interdimensional being who once existed on a planet many many millions of years ago who knows you know I, I i can't know and i wouldn't call him human i wouldn't call him a, a a being who's of the earth so in a sense he is an extraterrestrial so in a sense i have that an extraterrestrial i'm careful about who i say i actually have told that lots of people to lots of people but i'm careful about the way i say it because uh i don't want to be made fun of i guess <laughs> you know and i think uh there most likely is a other life out there. It's, I think it's arrogant to think that we're the only planet in the entire ever-expanding universe that has any trace of life on it. It's, it's ignorant, and it's unprovable. And I think it's mathematically more probable that there is other life out there it, than not. It may not necessarily be like little gray men. Right, it like could be plants. Or it could be like, yeah. other kinds of animals. Or it could yeah. be civilizations. We don't know. 
we haven't even gone that far in our universe. Our universe is, I don't even know, trillions and trillions of light years long. A light year is the unit of measure, unit of distance. And I know there's even the possibility there may have been, huh? And I know that, like, there's even the possibility there may have been, like, life on Mars at one time. Yes, there's ice there. There's ice. Yeah. So that means there was once water. So, yes. And final thoughts or things you'd like to say? Um, just, uh, I'm going to be all spiritual and shit. Um, <laughs> just, uh, rely on your gut. Rely on your gut feelings about things. Honor the resonance of your own heart. You know, follow your passions. Follow your heart. Be kind to others. Be good to others. Be aware of the way you treat people and look at people and talk to people. And be aware of the way you, way you talk about yourself internally in your head and the way you treat yourself. Because you deserve, all of you, all of us deserve love and compassion. Um, and uh, that's really about it. And Sean, I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. And I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, uh, I like your style. You're just, you ask penetrating questions and you really try to absorb the other person's energy, I would energy and to agree <laughs> to agree yeah. on something <laughs> just anything just the whole world just something <laughs> because yeah. it seems that no one really agrees with like anyone and no one's even willing to listen to anyone or try to understand where the other person's coming from but you know you're one of those people who are and you're using and you're doing it through the media you're you're broadcasting these ideas, broadcasting this style, and it's it's healthy, and it's it's what the world needs. Good job. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, actually, I was gonna say this. Uh, well, I mean, I know we're like out of time, but like, uh, I was just gonna say, uh, in some ways, it's not even good to be like it's better to not even be a bigot towards a bigot some ways sometimes well i know that can sometimes people can be unreasonable like the westboro baptist church <laughs> but i think but i think sometimes it's better not to fight hatred with hatred like rather than just trying to censor a group because you think they're a hate group and because like you know what they say is harmful or whatever i think it, you know the better thing is to have more free speech and allow them to say what they say and then you can counter their ideas and yes, you can yeah. fight their intolerance and their hatred and their bigotry with tolerance because hatred isn't going to destroy hatred i think only you know tolerance and actually listening to what the person is saying because like or trying to you know trying to put yourself in their shoes mm -hmm. you know just really trying and then if if the other party feels that you are putting yourself in their shoes they're more apt to listen and to reach to agree to some sort some sort of compromise, and they are also more likely to do it to you, put their, themselves in their shoes. But we have to make the first step. Whoever we are, we have to make the first step. You know, all of us, all of us. All right, and that does it for um, this episode of the BSing with Sean K podcast. Uh, I should have some more episodes coming soon, and. Uh... Yeah. Cool. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye.